Welcome to the Tales from Auburn Creek. I'm Kevin Rader. I feel like this segment needs some special setup. I have just conducted an exclusive interview with Verla Monte and her husband Bruce that I felt strongly enough to travel to Omaha to conduct. I wanted to be face to face with them as they told me their emotional story of life and death. For Verla, it's a story of life. For two other victims, it's a story of death. This is their story, entitled, Killer. When you come face to face with death, do you really realize it? I mean, when it comes knocking and you open the door, do you know when the gig is up? Berlamonte had lived in her rural farmhouse a few months when death came knocking at her back door. You see, the driveway wrapped around the house to the back, so passing motorists wouldn't be able to see any car was parked back there. She'd just put her three-year-old daughter down for her nap on that Friday afternoon, September 23rd, 1977, when she heard the knock at the back door and looked through the glass and saw him. She knew immediately who it was. Do you have any land for sale? Death asked. No. She answered. Do you know anyone who does? He pressed. Just as the words came out of his mouth, a dog, a German shepherd husky mix, who'd just really started hanging around the house a few days earlier, came flying around the corner of the house. This dog knew what death looked like. He could see it, sense it, and he didn't like it. Death backed up and gave ground. He didn't like this intruder. He was losing his advantage, and now, well, the dog was pressing his. He got between the man and the house, tracing every step as death retreated to his car. Verla sensed the opportunity she'd been given. She closed the door, locked it, then ran to the front door to do the very same. At the time, Dennis Sell was already on parole for sexual assault and currently free on bond, awaiting sentencing for a second sexual assault conviction. He'd worked on the assembly line at a nearby manufacturing plant with Verla's husband, Bruce. That is where I saw him. I was a part-time summer employee trying to save up enough money to pay for college. There was some tension in this plant regarding the disappearance of Judith Dangler in February of 1977. Her husband also worked at that plant. As I remember... I had just arrived from my night shift when someone pointed Cell out to me in the brake line. He was waiting to buy something from the concession machines. I noticed as he approached the front of the line, someone would butt in front of him. It happened a couple of times. I wondered if they were baiting him, trying to get him to start a fight, but he would just step back each time. I had to get clocked in, so I moved on. Looking back, You know, I really don't remember why someone pointed him out to me or why I seemed to take notice on this day, but I did, and eerily, I still remember it today. So does Verlamonte, but little wonder why. Two hours after he knocked at her door and was chased away by that stray dog, he murdered his second victim. Reports indicate after Sel was chased away from the Monte home, He went to the home of Ruth Eby, who had just returned from grocery shopping. All this had happened on a Friday, 
By Monday, police investigators were at Verla's house asking what color shirt did he have on? How far up was it buttoned? They also asked if she'd seen his pliers. She would later learn Eby was stabbed to death. Court testimony would later reveal Cell used work pliers that had an identification number on them to commit the crime. Dangler had been shot and killed. Verla says she went to her mother's house after that knock at the door. She just didn't feel safe at home, alone. But remember, she really wasn't alone. When I spoke with her recently, she reflected on her daughter, who was napping at the time. What would have happened to her, she whispered, wiping away a tear from her cheek. A typical mother, she never asked what might have happened to her, only what might have happened to her daughter. That daughter now has four children of her own, and her son has four more. So Verla now has three granddaughters and five grandsons, so she has a lot to be thankful for. Including a stray dog who just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Seems he had found his home. For the next 15 years, the Montes made sure he knew where he belonged. Originally, he first showed up. Bruce noticed the dog had an affinity for his wife and his daughters, but really not so much for him. He surmised that that might have been because of the abuse of a male owner. Eventually, however, the two overcame that and became best friends. There was reporting that they fed him steak for the rest of his life, but Verla dismissed that, adding, He lived a good life, she told me. She went on to say, He truly saved my life. I don't think I would still be here if that dog had not intervened. Oh, by the way, they did have to give that stray dog a name, you know. They called him Killer. The actual killer... Dennis Sell was convicted of two counts of second-degree murder and two counts of sexual assault in the deaths of Judy Dangler and Ruth Eby. Verla was concerned when Sell came up for parole, but that never happened. Death caught up to Dennis Sell in his prison cell. This is Kevin Rader. Thank you for listening to a bonus episode of Tales from Auburn Creek. If you're interested in sponsoring any of our podcast episodes, please contact RaiderMedia at Yahoo.com. You can also choose to become a Patreon for as little as $3 a month to help ensure future episodes. By the way, the intro and tag music Highway Traveler is courtesy Alana Raider Weaver. Other episodes are available on RaiderMediaLLC.com. Until next time.